Auto Press special episode. Two down, three to play with PGA Tour winner and uh, JP's favorite golfer ever, Bob Burns. One of one of the top favorite golfers of mine of all time, the Bob Burns Brigade. So this uh, runs about thirty five minutes, and then stick around after it because we're going to get into some of the the stuff from this week. So uh, enjoy. We're uh, joined here, spe- very special guest to uh, me and a bunch of my good friends. We got Bob Burns on the podcast, the winner of the 2002 Walt Disney World Classic. Bob, thanks for coming on here, man. Hey, it's my pleasure, guys. And I got to start off with a little background here just because there's some people that might not be following the game as closely as we do, but the 2003 PGA was at Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York, my hometown. I was 16 years old, and Bob... I was walking out. I, I think you had a late tea time on Thursday, paired with Alex Chaka. I remember that. And could be, yeah. Somehow the the gate was on like number four for me to leave, and I was I was walking out, and nobody was following your group late in the day. So I'm watching it, and I'm I'm seeing you play a couple holes, and then Alex Chaka got pissed off on number two and threw his ball into the trash, and I fished it out. And I'm like, <laughs> this this looks like a pretty fun group to follow. <laughs> and for some reason, I came out the next morning and followed you again and and really enjoyed watching you. And a bunch of my buddies got together. We made T-shirts for the Bob Burns Brigade. And you had a great Saturday. I mean, you shot 70, got into the top 20, I think, at one point. Do, do you remember yeah. any of this? Uh, you know, gosh, it's, it's like 20 years ago at this point. <laughs> um, it's crazy, I know. But, yeah, I mean, I remember a lot of the golf I played. Um, I remember, I think I had a horrible Sunday there, but yeah. you know, anytime you, you know, you play four days in a major, you've, you've done something, especially at the level I was used to playing. <laughs> yeah. Especially at Oak Hill. And, oh yeah. And and we had a ride that week. And then, uh, I remember a few years later, I mean, it, it was always something that kind of stuck with us and, and we'd always be following you. I mean, this is before social media and everything. So we, we knew we, we didn't have any way to get in touch, but Randomly, I was driving across country with a good friend of mine, Mike Schwert, and we ended up in Monterey, California, at a place called the Britannia Arms. <laughs> Do you know where this is going? I know it very well. Okay, so they had a lineup of golf bags on the ceiling, and one of them was Bob Burns' golf bag, precept bag, black bag, with the inscription "Philly Cat, you limey winker." Yes, and I. I had a late night there, and I uh, I found the manager of the bar, and I, I was like, how much for that bag? I need that. And <laughs> we made a deal, and I've still got the bag today, as Stuart can attest to. He breaks it, it out. Is. He breaks it out for scrambles. <laughs> right, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of a scramble player, so that's fitting. <laughs> as a matter of fact, that's most of the golf I play nowadays is a scramble. <laughs> no, that, that's great. I mean, it, it's still – it's like it's kind of like my second bag, so I've got it in my room. It, it's just kind of there, and people are always asking, "What's what's Bob Burns?" And I got to tell that whole story that I just opened up with there. What's you know, it, it it's crazy. There's there's a lot of stories, good and bad, about a lot of golfers out there, and thankfully, most of mine are good. <laughs> what is the the deal with the Britannia Arms? Is that uh, JP said they have a ton of golf bags in there? Is that a popular spot? Maybe at the Pebble Beach Pro Am or yeah, they, they always, you know, 
put on a, a some sort of party or a cookout for you know the players and and the tour reps and and the and the caddies you know that week. So you know a lot of guys go in there every year and have a few beers and just kind of reminisce, talk about old times. It's you know it's just like a big locker room for everybody to get together. That's you know away from the golf course and away from the whole corporate business of of playing golf selling golf and you know carrying golf bags is you, you get to be real human beings in there for a little bit and just kind of let loose so that's that's what that place is it's a great place they had karaoke going on that night i had a blast but, yeah uh, it's pretty good let's let's backtrack a little bit here um i know that we just kind of jumped right into a bunch of stuff but you're in knoxville tennessee now you, you grew up and went to college in california um run us through that path and how you got to tennessee i guess well, I mean, early on, I played the Ben Hogan tour, so probably, what is that, 1992 and 93, I was on the Ben Hogan tour, and then I guess the Nike tour, but they there was a tournament hosted here in Knoxville, matter of fact, there's still going on, one of, one of the oldest tournaments on the, uh, well, I don't know, what's the tour called now? Corn Ferry. Corn Ferry, that's right. Corn Ferry, that's right. Um, I don't always remember they changed sponsors so much, but uh, I just loved it back here. And randomly, I, I met my uh, a good friend Daniel Walker, who actually became my instructor. So, anytime you know I, I'd get a little sideways or whatever, I'd come back here, and I just I ended up moving back here. Okay, and, and you're being very modest there with the uh, not knowing the sponsor. You're you were the '98 Player of the Year on that tour. I think it was the yeah. Nike tour then. Yeah, that, that that point in time, yeah, it was the Nike tour. So yeah, I was the player of the year there in, in 1998, and that's kind of you know rekindled my career a little bit there. I you know I turned pro in '91, so I was bouncing around a couple of years on tour, a couple of years on the the Nike tour, and then back on the Nike tour after a, a year of no status in '97. You know, and I had a great year in '98, and it just it kind of jump started me again played you know pretty good for uh, another 10 years or so after that so speaking of coming i mean coming off there in 1998 i mean that was in the throes of the tiger woods era and i was reading on the uh, 2002 walt disney world and i didn't i don't remember watching that tournament but it said you and tiger were tied on the back nine yeah, I you know he was he shot like sixty three on the in the last round, so he was I don't know I guess probably maybe four or five groups ahead of me, and Chris DeMarco held the lead and he was in the group behind me and this was at the start of the day he had the lead you know by a couple shots I guess, and uh, I guess at some point in time I had caught Tiger and passed him while I was on the back nine. And he was probably finishing his round. So it's hard to say where I was when I was tied with him, but I'd probably, I think I went on a birdie run like 9, 10, 11, and 12 on Sunday. So somewhere I probably caught him and passed him on those holes, you know, on that, on that final round. I mean, you got to be one of the few people in that time that would have been tied with Tiger on a Sunday and, and came out on top, I'd have to think. Tiger's a beast, man. <laughs> still is. He still is. Yeah, he still is. I mean, he, he garners a lot of respect from all the players out there, you know, my age and even the kids that are coming out there. You know, he's still beating a lot of them on a, you know, a week-to-week -week basis. Um, 
Yeah, if he can he, get healthy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what is he, uh, early 40s now? 43. 43. So, you know, I mean, Nicholas won at, at, at 46, and I guess Floyd won. Is he the oldest guy to win a major? Yeah, did he win at 48? Some, something like that. And, I, and, of course, I know there's older guys that have won regular tour events, but, uh, you know, T- Tiger's going to win again. He'll If he gets another major or two, that, that'd be awesome. But he's he'll win again. I wouldn't be surprised if he won again this year. Yeah. I was surprised to see him pull out this week. That was disappointing. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Do you still follow a lot of golf? You know, I wish if my kids played – I would follow it a lot more, but I'm chasing my son playing basketball and my daughter, you know, on the high school dance team. So it's, uh, I say pretty busy, but it's family life busy. So it's, it's definitely well worth it. Um, sadly I'm only playing, I play four or five times a year and it's in a scramble hit and giggle in a golf cart with a cooler full of beer with my buddies you know (laughs) we're we're gonna call you up for a tournament then. (laughs) hey i'm fine i'm fine with that i travel my game travels good so so you're not gonna be like a david braganio and enter a tournament as a past past champion or or did he not have past champion maybe but i think he still does could, could you could you enter a tournament as a past champion get into like the puerto rico open Oh shoot! I don't. I don't know. Um, I, I get. I mean, I, I do still have status. Yeah. But it's so. It's so far down that if I got into anything, it'd just be. It would be an accident. You know what I mean? But no. I, I mean, I, ironically, um, there was a special exemption for the senior open. Every every year, and it's if you've ever won on the PGA Tour, in your fiftieth year, you get a one-time chance to play in the senior British Open. Nice, and Spike McCroy, who is a, is a a one time champion and turned to turned fifty the same year as I did. He called me up one day and he said, "Man, Bernsey, we're going to St Andrews." And I said, "Spike, what the hell are you talking about?" He said, "Well, he explained the whole situation. Um, if you ever went on tour, just like I said, you get a one time exemption into the Senior British Open, and that year it happened to be." Uh, well, what is it? I'm 51. I'm doing quick math here. I get, was that last year? And it was at St. Andrews. And I, I, and I really didn't want to go. <laughs> Jeez. I've been contemplating um, moving there. <laughs> I, I mean, I know, except for the fact that it was like, son of a biscuit, it's at St. Andrews. I have to go. So I talked to my wife, and of course, the first thing she said is, oh my God, we're definitely going. I'm like, wow, crap. I haven't played a full round of golf my own ball in like five years. <laughs> <laughs> That's a daunting task. Oh, yeah. So I had six months prep prep time to, you know, to go, go over there and play. And, you know, and uh, Daniel Walker, my teacher and buddy, went over and caddied with me, and another family went over. And, you know, we made a, a week of it, and I, I finished last just you know, because the back nine kicked my ass over there for two days. But, I mean, ironically, I was on the leaderboard, though. I Man. was four under through ten holes on the first day. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm, I'm, a, I'm embarrassed that I didn't have this on my trigger point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on that, you know, you, you, if you've ever heard about St. Andrews or ever been there, you know that when you start going back in, 
that's when the golf course changes and it kicked my ass for two days. So I was, I think I was like even par on the, on the front nine and I was like 15 over on the back nine for two days. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Good trip though. Good trip. It was a blast. Yes. Lots of uh, cider was had and some fish and chips consumed. So you mentioned you had a couple of kids that are, that are younger right now. Have you taken them to Disney world? I, I'm assuming. They went to um, Disney World there a the cu- couple years after while I was still exempt and had exemptions to play there. So okay. there's actually – I've got some pictures there uh, with them, with me. So it's, it's it's special to go down there. Of course, yeah. that tournament doesn't exist anymore. Well, I was just there a couple weeks ago. I was uh, recruiting, recruiting a junior tournament, and they were along the car path near the clubhouse between both courses. There's – all the banners of past champions. So mm-hmm. you're etched in history, basically. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. funny. Yeah. That, that I have a picture of my son and he's probably shoot. He's probably four years old. And there's a picture of, of he, he and I standing underneath that banner. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. So, you know, it's funny. I, you know, I, they didn't travel a whole bunch with me when I competed. Um, to, to, or I should say, they didn't know what I did when I competed. Right. And I and I was kind of phasing out about the time that my young or my oldest was starting school. So what, uh, what led you to phasing out? I never wanted to play past much past you know forty or you know forty five. I didn't want to. I didn't like to travel and and kind of when I had my kids. Um. I could sense, you know, my my thought process was not where it needed to be on a daily basis out there. You know, it was real easy to play three holes, and then, you know, on the fourth and fifth hole, I'd be like, wow, I wonder what my kids are doing. Boy, I'd love to be there. It, you know, it, the focus wasn't there. My, my drive wasn't there. And, you know, that's just part of life and traveling and living on the road, you know. It, it, and it's, it affects people differently, you know. Yeah. So, so what did you transition into? I, we've done some, obviously some internet research and I see you do the hickory, um, golf thing. Is that kind of what you do now? Yeah. I started a company in, in 2006. We make reproduction, um, hickory, hickory shaft golf clubs and we engrave the heads for, you know, special events, hole in ones, tournaments, whatnot. And I also build, um, um, high-end residential uh, construction here in Knoxville as okay. well. So I, I stay busy with that. So I, I have a full plate. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the construction <laughs> right now. It's Yeah, it's pretty busy. It's pretty busy. I'm, I might have to hit you up for one of these hickory things. I, uh, I run a couple golf tournaments and always looking for some unique prizes. So we'll, we'll touch base on that time. Oh, yeah, time absolutely. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Who are some of the travel people you had back in the day? I mean, we're, one of my dad's best friends in the world was Ricky Smallridge. I'm, I'm assuming you guys probably ran in, around the same time on the Hogan Ricky, tour. Ricky, what is I'm 51. I'll be 52 in April. What's Ricky? Maybe is 60? he 50? I was gonna say he's he's a little bit older than me, but yeah, I, I played with Ricky probably my first few years when I turned pro. You know, 92, 93. I remember Ricky. 
Um, I don't remember Ricky playing a bunch after that. Of course, you know, a lot of us, you know, a lot of times somebody's on tour and, and another guy bounces back to the, you know, the, the Hogan tour or, mm-hmm. or the Corn Ferry tour. So you bounce around and you might miss a guy for five or six years. Right. But you've, you've played, but just on different tours. So, yeah, I, I know Ricky. Okay. Yeah, like the same thing. the The social media and all that wasn't wasn't happening, so it's probably a lot easier to lose touch back through the nineties. Oh no, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I, I, with with Twitter and uh, you know Facebook, whatnot. Just all of a sudden, you start seeing people. It's like, oh my gosh, I have not seen or heard of you in <laughs> fifteen years. What the hell have you been doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty. I don't mean to sound like overly creepy that I've been trying to chase this down for a while, but when I saw you on Twitter, that group of friends of, that I had from the Bob Burns Brigade, we were all pumped up. Like, we got to try and get in touch and see if he remembered that. And my, yeah, right on. My mom Absolutely. today was even looking for the T-shirts back home so we could get a picture. <laughs> they probably been used to wash a car by now, I would think. <laughs> Did you ever have any other fan clubs other than the Bob Burns Brigade? I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Was, was it weird? None that I'd want to mention. <laughs> was it weird at all? Like, <laughs> no, you guys rocked it out, man. It, it's it, it's great. You know, that's honestly that's something more so you would see kind of in a small town like at an old Hogan tour event you just you know get people that just haven't been able to be around golf very much or, or whatnot and you know they, they they get hooked on you and you know follow you for your whole career so I mean it, it's pretty cool yeah when did the um the masters start giving the exemption to winners from the tour well that's a sore subject oh um <laughs> I was thinking it might be right around when you won Actually, and you might need to do a little homework, and I think it was only for one year, um, and that happened to be in 2003, where the Masters made a, a change to the qualifications to get into the tournament. Oh. And that was, you had to be a multiple winner in the last year since the, the previous Masters, or you had to be in the top 50 in the world. So one win at the time that I won on tour, the one win did not get me into the Masters. So I've never set foot on that property, not no. even to go watch. And the, and they no, and the, and then they changed it back. I think the year after. Gee, gee, <laughs> way to way to tee that one up, JP. I didn't even. Yeah. Full yeah. disclosure, I did not know this. I was just curious because I was talking to Stewart earlier, and I was like, "Yeah, the the PGA Tour kill was one of two majors he played." He's like, he didn't play in the Masters from winning? And I'm like, I don't think they gave no, him. Well, you played some other U.S. Opens, I saw. I think I played five five majors. I'm, okay, I'm so thinking, was, maybe it was one PGA. Yeah, one, one PGA and four U.S. Opens, I think. If I, yeah. Yeah, there were some like other that. U.S. Opens on there when I looked. But, I think um, I pl- yeah. But, yeah, I, I didn't, I don't remember, you know, I remember the Masters I just always yeah. remembered people winning and getting in. That's just right. my thought. I'm like, so why didn't that happen? But oh. yeah, that was that was one of the big carrots they dangled in the cart. If you won, you know, in front of the cart, it's like you get to play in the Masters. <laughs> well, guess again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to go to Oak Hill that year, though. <laughs> yeah, it sucks, but it is what it is. I mean, I, yeah, could have, could have, should have, would have. 
do you, keep, do you still keep in touch with some of your friends? You mentioned Spike McCroy. Are there some others that you still talk to? You know, I mean, no, no different than a bunch of good old buddies from from school. You know, a lot of us. Uh, you know, we just have we we have families, we have businesses and other jobs right now, and there's a lot of us that are you know still playing and grinding and out. So yeah, there's a. Uh, I keep in touch with a few of the fellas, but like I said, mostly mostly on Facebook or you know Twitter. Every now and then, a nasty text to to somebody or something like that. What do you, <laughs> now, I saw you had a bunch of success at Q School. What do you think about? I guess they changed it two or three years ago now, where you know Q School, you don't get straight to the tour. Um, what kind of do you think? Of, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts it had a lot to do with. Um, sponsorship money for the corn ferry tour right this i don't and i don't think and i and i was kind of involved in the, that a lot a lot of the uh prior to a lot of the big changes i was on the, the pack which is a player advisory council on on the nationwide tour at the time or web.com or whatever it was mm-hmm and there were a lot of decisions being made and it was mostly from upstairs. And I, I think that, uh, the, the sponsorship dollars said that we want this tour to be the only way to the PGA tour. So, and that's how they marketed it. It's the only way to get to the PGA tour and sure they can do whatever they want to. They always have, they always will. <laughs> right. Did, did it, did it ruin some great stories about people, um, you know, going through all three stages of Q school, you know, and winning that next year? Yeah, it, it ruined a lot of those stories. There's uh, there, there's a lot of old veterans, some young veterans that before those changes were made you know, swear by at least having some way every year to get onto the PGA Tour without having to qualify for a tour to go qualify for the PGA Tour, which is how it is now. So I, I disagree with it. There, there should be some some spots. Yeah, at least a few access. spots, I would think. Yeah. You know, even if it's I mean, only five. Yeah, when I, when I first played the, the Nationwide Tour, it was it was the Hogan tour, and I, I can't even I don't even remember what it was like. It was five spots, ten spots that they gave tour cards to. Yeah, and that was and that was back at the time there was no money. I mean, it was twenty thousand dollars for first place. Uh, you know, and this is the you know eighty nine, ninety, ninety one, or whatever years those were. I mean, you made a hundred thousand and you finished first on the money list, and you barely. I mean, you almost starved <laughs> that year. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I was, then, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I'm good. I, I was going to say when I look back at at 1998, you know, there were 15 guys that um, they got their card, and mm-hmm. you made 178 thousand dollars and won the money list. Right. I mean, right. now they're gay. At, you know, a lot of those events get a hundred thousand dollars to the winner, um, mm-hmm. and I guess they have 25 and and all that. But uh, it's just it's just changed so much, which it. 
Yeah, no doubt. It, it has. I mean, it is great that the money's up out there because, I mean, you could travel out there for a year, and, and it's really not much less expensive than it is on the regular tour. It's still going to cost you three, 4000 a week to do your deal out there. Oh, yeah. The, the schedule With, is, know. I mean, like you said, it's about the sponsors. The schedule is trying to find, it, it, they go cross-country and uh uh-huh. Out of the country and and all over the place, they play wherever yeah. will have them. Yeah, I think I I saw somewhere on Twitter there, there's a guy out there who, who kind of follows the qualifiers and, and whatnot, Monday qualifiers. Mm-hmm. We and, had him on. I, yeah, yep. And I think he said something like, "You go twenty to start the year, you go twenty grand in the hole to go play like four or five events or something like that." Yeah. <laughs> because they're all overseas or whatever. Yeah, you go to like Panama a couple of weeks. I saw something that somebody put out there were like, are you a, uh, a corn fairy guy or a drug trafficker? It's two weeks in Panama, <laughs> two weeks in Colombia, yeah. uh, one in South Florida, and one in Louisiana. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, right. No doubt. like, what are you, what kind of travel are you doing? Speaking, yeah, of, speaking of Twitter real quick, you... You've got in your profile that you were the only player to record the first birdie and hole in one in the season on the PGA Tour and to Google it. And I don't know what to Google or how <laughs> how that works. <laughs> well, it, it's funny at, at the time. Okay, so that was the year after I won, so I was in the Tour Championship, and I finished whatever. Well, I was one of the last winners on tour, and I think you tee off on Thursday in the reverse order of what you won the private uh, previous year. So I won Disney and there was only like two or three events after that. So I was in the second group of the year, I think at uh, Kapalua. Okay. And I birdied the first hole or I birdied the second hole. I made like a 30 footer, the second hole or third hole. And that was the first birdie of the year made on the PJ tour. Gotcha. And then, and then in Phoenix, whatever that was few i don't remember where it fell in the schedule that year but it was somewhere on the west coast i made the first hole in one of the year was it on 16 no 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 there wasn't even grandstands back then when i played (laughs) come on that's not that long ago bob (laughs) so 16 Um, 16 at phoenix open wasn't a party then it, it was, it was, it was getting that way. Yeah. But no, I mean, it got bigger every year, but no, I made my hole in one on like one, two, three, four on the fourth hole with a six iron. I remember that. There you go. What was your favorite tour stop? Uh, Phoenix was one of them. Okay. I always loved playing in Louisiana. Uh, people are uh, one of the better run tournaments of, of the year. The people are awesome. The food's great. There's always something to do. And I, I always like a town that you can kind of roam around in and walk around and have a cocktail or two and people watch if you want to. What about that being a best ball event now? Do that again. I'm sorry. The, the Louisiana events, a best ball event or the team event. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Um, and they, it's like an said, official it, PGA tour win. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. I remember seeing that. That's, it's funny that uh, they've got a team a team event that's an official win now, but like I said, they they change something every year, every five years, something's changed, and that's how they want to do it. So that's what they do. <laughs> yeah. Um, going going back to Tiger in the early two thousands, 
was there much did you ever get paired with him did you have much interaction with him um in in tournaments i was paired with him i think in 03 at san diego i'd played um nine holes in a practice round with him prior to that just kind of random and um you know he's from california i'm from california so we you know had some common ground there uh you know he, he's a great guy to play with he's he's super to be around you just you don't want to be in the group in front of him or the group behind him that's for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's where all the action is in front of him or behind him you know all the jockeying for position but uh no tiger's awesome he, he's fun to play with yeah with, with with your hickory golf company and i know we're bouncing all around here um is that in search of taking golf back to an old age? I mean, the, nowadays they're, they're doing this whole dial back the golf ball thing and they're releasing distance reports. Do you have any opinions towards that? Not really. I mean, I, I, I know, and it's kind of, it correlates with Tiger's presence a little bit. Um, they, I thought they always had it backwards when um, they thought that lengthening the golf, lengthening the, the golf courses was going to Tiger proof it. I mean, I'm no rocket surgeon, but I would have thought that that would make it fall more into his hands or, you know, the the longer player's hands, but just by making a golf course longer. So I was never an advocate of it. Of course, I mean, I was not a long ball player, so that that didn't help. That didn't help. Tiger proofing, it did not help me one bit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it helped many people except Tiger. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did did you see um you mentioned you don't really follow as much golf anymore did, did you see the azinger stuff this weekend i, I yeah I, I saw the the twitter backlash there uh, uh with are you talking about uh, winning on tour versus winning over in europe right <laughs> yeah <laughs> see, i mean he's yeah, not wrong I mean, no it's 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 definitely legit but you know coming from from zinger and he's a straight shooter and doesn't want to pull any punches and that's just zingers so it might may have a little more to do with how he said it than what he said you know a lot of guys i mean everybody knows that the best players in the world have been over here for for years you take our top 10 and maybe their top 10 or top 20 and they're a lot more equal now than they were 20 years ago 30 years ago definitely now they're you know that's why the Ryder Cups and, and, and team matches are, are so much closer now, where we always used to blow them out. The um, the playing field's a little more level, but you take our top 100 guys and their top 100 guys, there's going to be a big difference. So the, the depth we have over here is definitely a, a little bit deeper. and not saying that to, to offend anybody, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, when when you when you turn pro, most people want to win the Masters. They want to win the U.S. Open. They want to win the British Open, or the Open, you know, as it's called, and, and the Players Championship. The Players Championship has the best in the world, and take uh, you know, I don't know what percentage there is uh, PGA Tour players versus U- European Tour players, but uh, quite a few people that play the PGA tour regularly are in that tournament. hundred percent. And you're not going to offend anybody. We don't have any, uh, European listeners. <laughs> <laughs> that we're Shame aware of. 
not very diverse. <laughs> <laughs> not by choice. We just we just don't have a big reach yet. <laughs> <laughs> understand, understand. Yeah. Did you play much over there on on any uh like like after you went in Disney did did they call you up to try and get you to go play the Dubai Desert Classic or anything? You know what's funny is that after I was I, I won the the um the money list and player of the year in 98 on the Nike tour, I got a call to play over there and I actually played in, in, in Mexico, but I did not go over to Morocco or anything in that, you know, in the, the year after that. But, you know, like I said, I played St. Andrews, um, in the senior last year. And then to bookend it, I played the British amateur at Mirfield, like in 1990 or 89. So that's the only two times I've been over there. Okay. As an amateur and as a senior, <laughs> are, are you st- are you still pro? Then, yeah. uh, technically, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess you just played two years ago, right? You, you got me thinking when you said British amateur. I'm like, man, maybe he played the British senior as an am somehow. <laughs> no, 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 no. The British am and the senior open. Yeah, that's that's my two trips abroad. Yeah, give give us um one wild story from the tour. I, I know that we 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 tried to budget some time here, but. Like like your wildest experience on tour, traveling or just at an event, anything crazy that kind of happened. Gosh, <laughs> there's a lot. We're not we're not really we're not really PG here either. So. Yeah, no, no, I know. There's a there's a lot of um, a lot of places you can go on tour, especially back in the day, and as single player, single single guys, not players, single guys. And and you throw in some caddies, and it, it can usually go a little haywire. So, places, towns like Atlanta and whatnot, uh, there are several establishments that uh, guys <laughs> guys like to, to to frequent. You know, back in the day, in their you know younger, wilder days. But uh, I don't I don't have any real crazy stories. That's pretty mellow. Okay. Did Did you have your same caddy for the whole career? I had uh, probably three or four caddies over the course of my career that were, you know, mainstays, you know, that were, you know, with me for years and maybe off a year and then came back for a year. I didn't bounce around, you know, week to week or, you know, fire, you know, hire and fire guys left and right. I like stability. You know what I mean? Well, we, we always ask all our guests because uh, JP in the past has caddied for, Nancy Lopez, he's caddied for his buddy Dominic Bazelli. But if you ever made it back and, and went, say, back to the senior British Open, would you ever let JP caddy for you? Oh, damn Skippy. <laughs> That's, this is our first yes. <laughs> We've had some quick no's before. No. I mean, what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. A, he, he has experience. I can I could start a list if you really want to know what goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we might need to see the resume then. Yeah, he's he's got a he's got a decent track record for caddying. Yeah, I I I can show up on time. I, I actually caddied in the senior PJ this summer at Oak Hill. I've I've caddied in the last two. I caddied for Wayne oh. D, Wayne D. Francesco in '08, and then James Mason this year. But I'm I'm yet to make a cut for. Any any major, I guess. <laughs> but I've, yeah. I've but I've got two go rounds at Oak Hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the majors are are tough. <laughs> yeah. And then one one final question we always ask. So the name of our podcast is Auto Press. 
So we always we always try to figure out what like the biggest auto press move is, like like wearing a white belt or two way chippers, stuff like that. <laughs> two way chippers, I <laughs> yeah. love it. Like like anything you might have seen back in the day in a pro am or just nowadays, like like what's the biggest move where you show up and you want to make a guy play double the bet right away? I mean, I've seen guys hit it backwards <laughs> on purpose. No. <laughs> I'll bet you proams are a beaut. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've seen guys hit it backwards. I've seen, yeah. I've seen, I've seen, you know, two drivers in bags. I've seen chippers. I've seen, you know, a left, left handed seven iron and a right handed seven iron in a bag before. So, what's that for? So, well, it's for when you hit it in the trees and you don't have a stance right handed. I'm like, that makes sense to me. Legit. Yeah, if you're not worried about 14 clubs, might as well. Right, yeah, bring it on. Well, well speaking of that, I mean, I've, I've been holding back on auto-pressing Stewart for this move, but he went and played, um, it's tough to say the course because we got in some trouble, but the course that <laughs> we have our tongues tied with, uh, Augusta. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and he had a caddy for 36 holes and had 16 clubs in his bag the whole day. <laughs> and Stewart's a high level player. I mean, he made it to like the quarterfinals of the USAM at one point. Uh-huh, that's uh-huh. An, that's an auto press, right? You don't show up with a sixteen clubs to play there with a caddy. <laughs> Do they charge by the club? I don't know. I've never been there. <laughs> you can't pay anything. <laughs> I carry two putters, just you know, just in case one gets a little little iffy on you you got to threaten it and take out the other one for a he's few st- holes he still anchors <laughs> yeah my caddies used to hate me anytime i got really bad putt and i'd just leave my putter in the toilet in the hotel room overnight <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> awesome. oh yeah think about it how much how much lead time do you need for a uh scramble with a cooler full of beer <laughs> Um, does that include travel time or not? Yeah. I mean, just somewhere in the greater Tennessee, Georgia area. <laughs> oh, good God. Yeah. I, I need 48 hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was thinking like six months. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about some scrambles I've got coming up. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to rearrange a few things, but yeah, 48 hours works. Would you, would this be a charity scramble only, or do you have enough game to go and play like a three man down and dirty cash game down in Enterprise, Alabama. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, my, 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 my single ball game is not really good. I'm I'm good in a scramble. Yeah, but those are those those are three man scrambles is what I'm saying. Oh so oh so just straight up scramble money yeah, game. You, you oh, play yeah, a, yeah, yeah. You play a sixum and oh, yeah. you just go at it. As, as long as I don't have to finish the hole by myself, I'm in de- pretty decent shape. I'll be a good partner. Perfect. <laughs> You're, you're gonna get really annoyed by me in 2020. <laughs> they got a feature on your phone that you can just block the number. Exactly. <laughs> well, Bob, this was a lot of fun, man. I'm I'm glad we could connect. I and I, I could keep going on, and on, but I don't want to take up a ton of your time on a Tuesday night here. But it was fun to get the brigade back together. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I'm glad it worked out. It's been fun talking to you guys too. And and how do we get um anybody connected with you for purchasing any of the 
the Hickory Clubs for any events they might have. HickoryGolfClassics.com. Yeah. Cool. That's pretty simple. Just shoot us an email, give us a call, do whatever. We can we take care of you guys. Awesome. Well, we'll send this out on Twitter, and if you don't mind retweeting it so we can get some more people going, let's get it, let's get it together. Absolutely. Would love to. Thanks, Bob. We appreciate it. You guys, thanks again. I appreciate it so much. And that was the interview with, as I said earlier, JP's favorite golfer ever, Bob Burns. Yeah, and it was hard to not feel creepy chasing him down. I mean, I've always made fun of people for getting autographs, and here I am, 32 years old, chasing down Bob Burns, where, I mean, I've had his golf bag for eight years in my bedroom, and only it, it it's a good piece of decoration. I mean, my, my whole room's golf. I've got a golf light switch. I've got... yeah. So it just kind of makes sense. You know, it's memorabilia, I guess. Absolutely. But it was a lot of fun for me to, to reconnect. And I tried to show you at one point early on, my palms were sweating. <laughs> and I was nervous. I'm sure people can tell. I don't know. It's, it's interesting to me to think about how much, and he alluded to it a few times, just how much golf has changed from, you know, when he came out of school in 1991 till now, um, just on the mini tours on the how it's changed from the Nike to the web to the Bot.com to the, the Hogan. Hogan to the, now the Corn Ferry. And, you know, I kind of thought, kind of agreed with him on the, the the change in the where you can't go now from just sitting on your couch and getting on the tour. Yeah. Now, yeah. Not, how, how do you not have the top 10 guys from a six round Q school get to the PGA Tour? Yeah. He had a lot of good finishes in Q school, and that's how I got his card. Right. multiple times like, like you're telling a guy that's straight out of college if he doesn't have exemptions his best chance is to go to the corn fairy tour to where you might not make any money like yeah you finish 25th every I mean, week on the corn fairy tour i mean he brought it up he was he said you're out 20 grand in the first five events yeah um so just a a lot of interesting stuff and i was, I was trying to get a little more out of him about tiger just because he comes he gets on tour in 1999 I mean that is that is the heyday of Tiger. Mm-hmm. I mean he won the Tiger Slam 2000 and then 2001. I mean he's out there that whole time and wins in 2002 and he's tied with Tiger on it is Sunday. He kind of he kind of brushed it off. I was like, well, I mean we were tied at some point in the back <laughs> nine. Like I would have a, a, a I, I would have made up some sort of story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the crowds were crazy. He was he was out there fist pumping and and doing his rain dance. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean. He's got to be, like I said, he's got to be one of the few people that's tied on the back nine Sunday with Tiger and came up on top. There's not many. Not so, many. Um, anyway, but that was that was a lot of fun, just a, a completely different perspective. And I had no clue he played in that Senior British Open. And he just, you, I don't know how you missed it. Yeah, that's, man. <laughs> that's a pretty neat rule, though. That is cool. Yeah. I've never heard of that. No. I, obviously, none of us had. Mm-hmm. Or we would have known. And he was playing good for a little bit. What did he say? Four hundred. Four hundred through ten. <laughs> and of course, it being at St Andrews. Yeah. He said, "You got to go. Got to go. Got to do it." So, um, and we and we touched on a little bit with him with Azinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of golf at the Honda this week. That was fun. What was fun? The Azinger talk or the the, the golf? The golf. So. I didn't see a ton of it, 
but I turned it on as Sung Jam is on 17T, and they're talking about him a seven iron from 140 yards, and he stuffs it in there. Uh, you know, Mackenzie Hughes makes a long putt. Sung Jam rolls it in on top of him. I mean, you got Fleetwood making a bomb on 17 and then blowing it right on 18. That's I've had multiple people ask me this week about that play on 18. Like, why didn't you lay up? It wasn't a layup. Why wouldn't he? That layup is all. We I think we touched on it last week. That layup on that hole is hard. Yeah, like it's, he he made the right play. He just didn't execute. I mean, Sung Jam laid up and then dumped in the bunker. Yeah, from ninety yards. I'm sure Tommy Fleetwood was not trying to hit it in the water. <laughs> like, I don't know. The, the guy's one of the best ball strikers out there. Yeah, he just but hit a bad shot. You're one and done. Gets a top ten. Mine missed a cut. I did mention Fleetwood. Yeah, I don't know how I don't take him. Bad week for the auto press picks. Mm. I apologize. I went with the heart too much. You mentioned. I mean, I know where. That just hit me. I didn't know Tiger dropped out. Oh, you didn't? No. Of the arm, back. His back's tight. Oh no. Yeah. I don't I like had, it. I had actually said when he got out of that car a couple weeks ago. Remember when I sent you that message of him <laughs> getting out of the car? Yes. I sent that to my group. I'm, I'm in a group message with a bunch of my buddies from college. And I say it a lot, I guess, but he got out of that car walking a little gingerly and just didn't look great at Riviera. Yeah. And now here we are. It, it, it's it's a roller coaster with him, man. Like it is. What are we gonna do? <laughs> I don't know. Just I I don't know. I mean, what's he won this tournament? Thirty seven times he's won the Arnold Palmer. He can't go scrape it around there with a bad back. Come on, man. Is he gonna play it's the just, players? Uh, His track I mean, record of the players, I mean, he's he's won it. Has he only won it once? Yeah, it's not been 05. good. I think 05 is his only players win. I mean, the the players has some the players has some really good winners, and the players has some really odd winners. Would do, do you click? Yeah, this is all next week. We don't need to get into the players. Yeah, but I was going to ask if he classified as major. That's no, next week's talk. No, but anyway, um, I'm going to go back to the Honda. Yeah, back to the Honda. Sung Jam. Does he get residence now in the U.S.? <laughs> I like that the whole TV is picked up on it. Yeah, people are listening to us. <laughs> I've been on this for a while. Yeah, you you told me about this like six months ago probably. Right. He played 37 events last year, <laughs> and I think the only event he missed was because somebody got married in his family and he had to go home. But like golf.com did an article on it recently. Doesn't have a house. Doesn't have a house. And then there was another podcast that I was talking about. They were talking about... Uh, him eating him eating snacks and it was clearly stuff just from the hotel. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a legend. Yeah. I want to know what hotels he's staying at, how many points he's got. Like, is every other week free? Is it sponsored <laughs> by a hotel yet? Yeah. Like, how does how does how a the, hotel not pick him up? How is IHG not on there or Marriott? Like, come on. Yeah. He needs that on his bag. And his caddy this week, I don't know if you saw that, Alvin Choi. Yeah, I think he played it. Did he play it in New Mexico? NC State. NC State. Mm. He won the Monroe, I think, in 11. 2011. Great guy. Okay, he's younger he, than me. He uh, he played the Monroe for a few years. He's from Canada. Played on Team Canada. He used to come down with all those guys. So he was always fun to root for. And he's had status on the Corn Ferry Tour, but just never got through. I don't know if he's done playing or not. I mean, that's the biggest biggest check he's cashed do you think sung jam really can't speak english or do you think he just isn't comfortable enough to do it 
they did his interview and Albin Choi was uh, interpreting for him. Albin Choi was interpreter. Yeah, I don't know why fake it. I know, but I, some of those guys are just they're uncomfortable. Sung J M, like there's no way he doesn't know English. Do you know Korean? No, but I haven't lived over there for. He hasn't been here that however long. However many years. He fun fact about Sung J M. And Lee Caudell, who I mentioned earlier, I got to give you credit, Lee. You called me out a couple weeks ago for stealing your content, but he beat or Lee McCoy from UGA beat Sung JM at the Q school for Corn Ferry like three years ago. And now Sung JM's a PGA Tour winner, and Lee McCoy's running a racetrack up in <laughs> racing dirt bikes, yeah, <laughs> up in Habersham, no, <laughs> Banks County maybe. <laughs> Somewhere near Commerce and yeah. his and his home, Banks County mm-hmm. or Jackson it. County. I think it's Banks. Oh well, but that was interesting. Um, hotel points. I want some guys a stud. Paul Easinger with his comments. What's your take there? That that's blowing up a lot. Uh, I don't know because I saw something, but I can't figure out how the European tour gets so many world ranking points. Like the, the stat that I saw was so Tommy Fleetwood's wins over in European tour, like the strength of field, it was better than the Honda. Really? Yeah. But we've always said that the world ranking is some, you know, they get a lot of points over there. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just top heavy. Yeah. Well, it's gotta be clearly. Cause you, I was looking today at like, um, who was I pulling up? Sergio maybe, and trying to see how many PGA Tour wins he had. He's got ten PGA Tour wins, but like sixteen Euro wins. But his Euro wins, he's got runners up like Justin Rose, Hendrick Stenson, like a lot of really good players. Yeah, it's definitely and, top heavy, and that it just must be really skewed. Like it the was- guy that won the European Tour this week, and I, I don't even know who it was. First time winner. Um, oh, they get some interesting winners over there. Yeah, and then they end up in the WGC, and all of a sudden you've got your next Justin Harding. I think it was more with Azinger on his delivery, and I'll play it right here. A lot of pressure here. You know, you're trying to uh, prove to everybody you've got what it takes, and these guys know you can win all you want on that European tour, the international game and all that, but you have to win on the PGA tour. Uh, Westwood took offense to that actually yesterday when asked about that. You right. know, two wins on the PGA Tour. We saw it won 44 times all over the world. Well, it's not the PGA Tour, though. And they know that, and I think Tommy knows that. It puts a little pressure on Tommy, but this is where they want to be, and they, they want to come here. They want to prove that they can win at this level. I think it's how he says, well, you can win on that European Tour, and then he gets mad at Westwood getting, uh, you know, he makes a comment to Westwood, and he's like, well, I won 44 times worldwide. Well, I'm yeah. like, yeah, he has. Well, he hadn't played over here a ton. Right. I was about to say that, too. Like, a lot of this is give and take. He like, plays majors. These guys aren't full-time playing over here. Yeah, they might have a house in Florida, but they're playing WGCs and majors, and you're not winning all those. I mean, Lee Westwood isn't playing John Deere. <laughs> no. he, he, he's not playing the Canadian Open. He's not playing Mayakoba. No, Maybe but he I, does. I don't. But but I think Bob Burns said it. you take our the top hundred guys on the PJ Tour and the top hundred guys on the European Tour, the PJ Tour is deeper. Yeah, but it, it makes you wonder. Like I'm, I'm looking here, ESPN had an article, the three wins for uh, 
three biggest wins for Tommy Fleetwood. 18 Abu Dhabi, 351 strength of field. Right. 17 Abu Dhabi, 350. 17 French Open, 270. And the Honda was 261. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. That's right. what I'd seen. So that makes you wonder. And, I mean, you've got to say some things to get people going a little bit with the coverage. So he's got, he, he wants to get people talking a little bit. And But also, on the, Abu Dhabi is one of their bigger events. When you get some of the other events over there that aren't as big, you get some your strength field to nowhere near the Honda. Right. So, I, I mean. It, oh, Azinger responded. He said, I wasn't trying to be malicious. I didn't mean to disrespect anyone, but professional golfers choke for two things, cash and prestige, and the PGA Tour has the most of both. Ooh. So he didn't really back down. Ooh. <laughs> well, you saw Sung J.M. He hit it to 90 yards on 18 laid up and then just laid the sod over it. Yeah. I mean, he ended up getting up and down, but I don't know. I don't care. It's, hey, at least we're talking about... I don't think we need to create a divide. <laughs> I, I think that it's fine to grow the game with both, both sets. Like, the European Tour is awesome. They do a great job of doing the social media and having some fun events. And they play the Dubai Desert Classic every year. But, which I actually demoted. But but I know we're, talk, we're talking about... We're not necessarily talking about the coverage. I'm not the broadcaster. But does NBC just get better events or do they make them better i don't know i've I've got a new outlook on coverage and i'm testing it out for a few weeks so i'm not going to discuss the coverage (laughs) other than christy kerr (laughs) oh no i don't know she she was just very excited (laughs) it was good i don't know i thought they the what are we supposed to do with golf i mean People hate Gary McCord and they hated him for saying Kakuya grass. And I've I'm very guilty of this. <laughs> very guilty of this. He's on a I am about to listen to a, his interview with Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz on their under par podcast. Highly recommend. They've had Karadeke Barnrat. Nice. Good, I did good with that name. Um <laughs> but he did great with Gary that. Gary Woodland. And they've had they they're about to have Gary McCord on when I start listening tomorrow. But Gary McCord brought flavor, you know. He at least made it. How interesting can he make golf coverage? Yeah, I, I don't need. I thought I don't I, need Dan Jenkins to give me a nap every Sunday. I thought I just thought Gary McCord's was just. Yeah, I mean, whatever. It was just tired. He was trying to be a personality. Yeah, but it hadn't changed in like twenty five years. Christy Kerr just always felt like she was like running up to the ball, like, "Oh, we got a um, we got an eight iron here from the bunker, Paul, and uh, there's a there's a lip, there's a lip there, and I don't know what he's gonna do. Oh, he hit the he hit the lip. It's in the it's in the water. <laughs> just <laughs> wow. <laughs> she was itch- I I didn't I didn't see her moving into that, but I Listen, like it. I think it was on what, listening to Azinger, and he said that. I can't remember whoever the producer was told him it was the no shit rule. He said, don't say anything that the viewer would say no shit. That's like you hit it. That's like what I said last week. Oh, he hit not give them results. Oh, he hit the lip and it went in the water. Oh, no (laughs) shit. (laughs) Like like if we spend 10 minutes on results from the tournament, just talking about the last five holes. No shit. We saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about that a little bit off air. 
It's a good move. Mm-hmm. So we're done with the results. You, you guys have all seen it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're coming here for your results, you got issues. <laughs> what else was out there? I, saw some, I, I had another take, but I've, I've forgotten it now. I'm sure it'll come back to you. Maybe next know. week. I'm going to have to go through. I, I some Sometimes, although this weekend I play golf every day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But a lot of times I uh, I have my Sundays where I watch golf and enjoy my day. And I have to make notes in my iPhone so that I don't forget it. And then I receive them. And I'm like, hmm, all right. That makes sense. Dom, he won't come on the podcast. He says his life is too X-rated for podcasts. I'm just searching podcasts. Unbelievable. Yeah. I cannot believe he actually said that. We got some new info on the band, the banishment. For what? From our one lost episode. Oh yeah. We don't we don't need to get into all We're that. We're never gonna never gonna get into that again. No. But we have we think we have connected it. We've connected the dots. Yeah. We can take this conversation offline if anybody is on yeah. a need to know basis. Yeah, we've got a connection. But we don't we don't need to go any further down that road. All right, Bay Hill Week, Tiger WD. I just hate that for Tiger. Yeah, it it makes me wonder what what the rest of his schedule looks like. I mean, the majors shifting make him so much more focused on just only playing those events, which I think kind of hurts him. Saw it last year. Doesn't get any momentum. Um, that's big news. Other big news coming out this week, Dustin Johnson. Did you see this? Not playing the... Uh, Not going to play the Olympics. Olympics. You see his reason? Done fitness schedule. No, he wants to focus on the FedEx Cup. That's not what he said. No, that's what his agent released. Okay. You know what they do at the Olympics? What? World Anti-Doping Agency. Oh, oh, oh. that's what you think, huh? I mean, there's always been speculation. I'm not pointing fingers. But I'm also not moving uh, jet skis. <laughs> <laughs> well, whenever uh, it was, I can't remember how many years ago, when he was out for exactly six or eight weeks with a back injury. From moving a jet ski. <laughs> yep. Yeah, just connect the dots there. Right, since like, everybody knows how your back's going to react. My back hurts, I'll be back in six weeks. My next event's a memorial. Whatever. Well, who's your, who's your one and done this week? Um... I'm going to ride Sung J.M. Ooh. Yep. I'm going to ride a guy that's been playing well. That I'll just go ahead and get him out of the way. Bryson DeChambeau. Mm. Did that Did that hurt? Yeah. It's okay. He's been playing well. Yeah. This event, I don't know. I never look forward to the... It's a limited uh, field. Limited field. It's only 120 guys. We're going to see at least two hours of Arnold Palmer coverage Whew. on the weekend. Yeah. Got to do it, though. Got to gotta give him the credit for the game. Not <laughs> taking that away. Should have picked Matt Every. <laughs> Is he in? He's won, yeah, he's won here twice. He was in Carterville the other day. <laughs> oh, well. I know. He's, those, are like, those are only two wins, aren't they? Back-to-back years. Yeah, he may have another winner, so. But... Yeah, Sung JM. I promise I'm going to do better on the picks this week. If not, this is my last week. You're going to quit? Have to. I got rent to pay. Well, we hope you enjoyed Bob Burns and the Honda and 
a little bit of everything else. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll be back next week. The players. Oh, I'm out of town next week. Oh, well, we'll I'm figure it out. players on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. Boots on the ground. Ooh, good content. Yep. All right. Enjoy.